Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. Get ready for your life to be changed by today's message from Pastor Jeremiah Hosmer. We're going to go into, uh, we're going to read one passage of Scripture from the book of Judges, and then we're going to 1 Samuel today. I want to welcome those of you watching right now uh, that's uh, watching. Uh, if, if this is your first time watching today, listen, I, I want you to watch all the way through to the end because the Lord is going to touch and deliver and move in a powerful way today. Grab these for me, please. Thank you so much. And uh, so make sure you do that. Uh, Judges chapter 21. Judges chapter 21. And we're going to read one verse of Scripture in verse 25. And then we're going to the book of 1 Samuel today. Praise the Lord. Uh, Judges 21 and verse 25. In those days, everybody say, in those days. Now, look up at me real quickly. You need to understand the Bible was not written in chronological order. Okay, it was not, in other words, what I mean by that, our Bible is not put together chronologically. So just because you see the next book coming after that does not mean that it is lined up in time, okay? Uh, now, one of the things you must understand is Judges and the book of Ruth and, and, and 1 Samuel, a lot of that is, it's not happening at the same time, but it is happening within somewhat of a time frame that puts things together. So I want to make sure you understand that before we go any further. In those days, everybody say in those days. There was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Now I want you to go over to 1 Samuel chapter 17. Chapter 17. Now if you'll just bear with me in a little while. It's going to take me a little while to put this together. But I, I guarantee you it might start off. It's, it's going to be, today's message is going to be like a locomotive. It's going to start off a little bit slow, but by the end of it, it's going to hit you so hard you can't stand up. So just stay with me today. First uh, Samuel chapter 17, and we're going to begin reading in verse 17. Then Jesse said to his son David, take now for your brothers an ephah of this dried grain and these 10 loaves and run to your brothers at the camp. And carry these ten cheeses to the captain of their thousand and see how your brothers fare. And bring back news of them. And now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were at the valley of Eli fighting with the Philistines. So David rose early in the morning, left the sheep with his keeper, with a keeper, and took the things and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the camp. Uh, as the army was going out to fight and shouting for battle. For Israel and the Philistines had drawn up in battle array, army against army. And David left his supplies in the hand of the supply keeper, ran to the army and came and greeted his brothers. Then as he talked with them, there was, a, there was the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name coming up from the armies of the Philistines and he spoke accordingly 
to the, to, to the same words so David heard them. And the same words were, if you look back and read it, you'll see that he kept coming out saying, I defy the armies of the Lord. In other words, that's just a good way of saying, I dare you to come across here and get some of this right now. Amen. And so verse 25, so the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who come, who come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel. And it shall be that the man who kills him, uh, the king, will enrich with great riches, will give him his daughter, and give his father's house exemption from taxes in Israel. Well, praise God. I'm telling you, that's worth fighting right there. Amen. But... Uh, then David, <laughs> then David spoke to the men who stood by him saying, I think he just wanted to see if this was true or not. He said, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in the same manner. And uh, saying, it shall be done for this man who kills him. Now, uh, uh, now uh, Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men. And Eliab's anger was aroused against David and said, Why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep? in the wilderness I know your pride and the insolence of your heart for you have come down to see the battle and David said what have I done now is there not a cause Before I get to preaching this morning that's where I'm going to stop but I'll be preaching from the rest of the chapter and from from the text but I I just need to Ask the, the body of Christ this morning here and watching. Is there not a cause? People have been hitting me up, some on Facebook, some I know, some I don't know. Pastor, what's going to happen? Pastor, what, what do you foresee happening now in the future? What, what is this? And shaking all up, and I just want to know is there not a cause? So this morning, I'm going to continue in part two of this series I'm calling Rise Up. Rise Up in the name of Jesus. Today's uh, title or the subject matter I'm preaching from today is Resistance to the Rise Up. Resistance to the Rise Up. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I have a, a, a few moments with your dear people today. Lord, people that you have plucked out of the trash people that you have plucked out of the world people God that other people gave up on but you said watch this father I have a moment with these dear people of yours you have cleansed them with the blood of your son Jesus you've given them the power of the Holy Ghost you've given them your word your promises over their life lives are yes and amen and they are covenant children with you father I ask today that every ear would be opened, every eye would be opened, every heart would be opened in the power of the Holy Ghost right now.
And Father, I ask that as I begin to preach this word, there would be a flow of the Holy Ghost in this house that would cause people to rise up in the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. Father, I ask today that you would break off everything that is not of you in this house. I pray in the name of Jesus that the kingdom of God would come forth in power, in boldness, and authority in Jesus' name. And Lord, let your perfect will be done. Now I call back the backsliders. I call home the lost people. I call them home in the name of Jesus. And Father, I ask, don't leave them alone. But God, let the conviction even get greater and stronger right now. And Lord, let your church rise up in these last days. For time is short. And we have a, 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 we have a short time on this earth. God, let us fulfill what you have for us. Lord, in the name of Jesus, look upon my availability and not my ability today and move in this house. Move over the airwaves today, God, in the name of Jesus and be glorified in all that is said and done. And everybody that agrees, shout amen. Look at three people before you're seated and tell them, brother or sister, it's time to rise up. Oh, yeah, come on, tell somebody now. They need to hear it. It's time to rise up. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, glory be to God. Praise the Lord. I told you last Sunday when I began this series, I said God is ready to do a big thing in the earth. Thank you, all four of you. I thought I was preaching in a Pentecostal church this morning. I didn't realize I done showed up somewhere else. I said, God is ready to do a big thing in the earth right now. I, I've got to be honest with you. Uh, you know, I, I, have, I have some of my opinions, but opinions don't really matter right now. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what folks say about opinions. But they don't matter. I think if there was anything that I could tell the body of Christ before I get into my introduction and into my preaching today, it is this. Sell out to the kingdom. Sell out to the kingdom of God and all will be well with you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things shall be added unto you. Matter of fact, that's a good statement of faith. Lift one hand and say in Jesus' name, I am sold out to the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of this world. Yeah. My God, you know what I think's done happen? I think they've just done left a vacuum. They've, that means they've left an opening for the kingdom of God and the church to rise up in the power of the Holy Ghost right now. But God is ready to do something big in the earth. He's ready to come on the scene and show the world that he is the only one and true God. He's the only one and true God. And before him, there is no other. 
and beside him there shall be no other. He is the I am that I am that I am, and he shall always be, he has always been, and he will always be. Hallelujah. God is ready to do something in the earth, but just as I, I told you, he, listen, Anytime he gets ready to do something big in the earth, he's always looking for a group of people that will allow him to raise them up in his power. Not raise you up in your power. Not raise you up in your anointing, but his anointing. Not raise you up in your mind, but in his mind. Not raise you up in your way, but to raise you up in his way. I alluded to this last week, but I'm just going to say every attack, if you, if you look back and realize or look back on the things that you experienced in 2020 as a, as a person that is in the kingdom of God, you'll realize that every attack, everything that was brought against you in any kind of way, it was brought against you and to do two things. One of them was to rob your faith. I said one of them was to rob your faith, church. And the other was to turn around and put so much trash on you that you'll look around and get disheartened and be in despair and say there ain't no need in praying. There ain't no need in worshiping. There ain't no need in reading my Bible. There ain't no need in praising the Lord, but the devil is a liar. The last time I checked, God has the last say. Hallelujah. You never see God doing something big in the earth without partnering, partnering with man first. I believe the Lord is looking throughout the earth today saying, who can I partner with? Now I know there's some, can, can I just, can I start off with just kicking some toes and then I'll get off of them for a little while. But there's a lot of people saying, I want to partner with God, but bless God, you can't even get through the minor disciplines of, of, of elementary Christianity. And if you want to partner with God to do something big, you've got to at least begin to overcome the devil and your alarm clock and showing up on a regular. I'm going to talk for a minute. You've got to at least get to a place where you can say God that God can be the God of your finances. Oh, hallelujah. The Bible says in second, I feel like preaching a little bit now. The Bible says in second Chronicles chapter 16 that the eyes of the Lord, they roam to and fro throughout the earth seeking whom he can show himself strong through. The New Living Translation says it like this. The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You want to know where the line is being drawn right now? It's being drawn between those who are playing with with him and those who say I can't live without him. It's being drawn between those who say I'll take a little bit of God and those who say God if you don't have all of me I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. The line is being drawn between those who say God give me just a little taste and those who say God I want to pull up to the table and feast of the bread of heaven and let me eat and drink until I hunger and thirst no more. This is where the line is being drawn in the kingdom. It's being drawn in the earth right now. Hallelujah. This leads me up to our text today that, that we're reading from. I want to take a few moments, if you will allow me, to just give you the backstory. Everybody likes to talk about the story of David and Goliath, but few people understand the backstory that led up to these events. 
I want to bring to you the backstory that led up to these events because after I bring you this backstory, you're going to realize that it is really prophetically speaking right now of a time that we're experiencing in America right now uh, and in the church. Hallelujah. You see, if you read the last verse when we, where we read it a while ago in the book of Judges, it says, in those days, say it one more time, in those days. In those days, there was no king in Israel, and everybody did what was right in their, in their own eyes. In other words, there was really no governmental structure set up in the land in that day. They had judges, but the judges had become corrupt. They had grown corrupt. They were no longer leading the people properly, but at least the people still had a priesthood they could depend on, right? But if you read through 1 Samuel in the first uh, three chapters, you'll realize that the priesthood they were depending on had grown, grown corrupt. For there was a priest by the name of Eli and had a couple of sons. And the Bible says they, it didn't say it, I'm paraphrasing now, but they were beginning to make a mockery of the kingdom of God. They were making a mockery of the priesthood. Eli, the Bible says he was fat. In other words, what that means is he was lazy to a point. Not that he might have been fat physically, but I'm saying he was lazy to the point to where he was not watching over things in the priesthood. He was not doing what he was supposed to be doing. He was not handling the business like he was supposed to be handling the business. And his two sons, uh, they, were, they had grown completely corrupt. They were so corrupt that they were stealing the best of the sacrifices when people would bring their time and when people would bring their offerings to the house of the Lord they would look down and say what is the best let me have that and they would take it and people's heart didn't want to sacrifice to God no more they didn't see any reason to bring the tithe and the offering to the house of the Lord but if that wasn't bad enough they were turn around and having sex with the women that were coming to the house of God to turn around and pray and seek for revival in the land and so people said we're done with the structure everybody said structure we're done depending on the structure of the priesthood so they come to the prophet I'm giving you the backstory they come to the prophet and say give us a king because we've looked at these priests and they're not doing the right thing anymore we don't trust in them the structure of what's happening anymore give us a king and so the Bible says that the Lord says here here's King Saul and they anointed him the prophet anoints him but the problem is is King Saul starts off real good ends up real bad he ends up in a place where he has grown prideful he has grown crazy in his mind he don't even know what tomorrow is from yesterday he has grown to a place can't nobody get around him he thinks everybody wants what he has and so the me and meanwhile had the people have given up faith in the priesthood they have given up faith in the government and meanwhile stay with me the enemies of the children of Israel are approaching in the the land they're getting bigger they're getting stronger and the Israelites cannot have iron they only have brass but their enemies have iron so they got better weapons there is more of them and then they got this guy they've been pumping full of protein for 20 years that's nine and a half foot tall and won't nobody fight him 
And so he's coming on the, on the scene and he's saying, do you have anybody that will come down here and dare fight me? Because if you do, there's no need for both armies to fight. If I win, then y'all serve us. But if you win, we'll serve you. And the children of Israel sitting back and they have lost faith in their government. They have lost faith in the priesthood and the enemy is approaching. It is in this context that God said, I am ready to raise up somebody in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He says, I'm done dealing with you, Saul. I'm done dealing with you, Eli. I have found a man after my own heart and I will anoint him with my spirit and I'll raise him up to defeat every enemy. It is within this context that David comes on the scene. It is in a context where people are saying, we don't know what we're going to do. America, here we are. Church, here we are. The structure of religion has failed us. The structure of government has failed us. But now God said, I'm going to fill my horn with oil. And I'm looking for some people that'll praise me on the backside of a mountain. I'm looking for some people that'll praise me no matter what they're going through. Let me pour oil on top of you and raise you up. I told you it's going to hit you. Here we are. Pastor, what does tomorrow hold? I can't tell you that. But I can tell you what today is wanting. It's wanting somebody to get full of the Holy Ghost and get anointed of the Holy Spirit and say, I can't tell you what's up there and I can't tell you what's going on down there. But as for me and my house, we're in the Spirit of the Lord on the Lord's day and we're not worried about this and we ain't worried about that because we have an anointing from the Holy One of God. Hallelujah. Will you allow God to raise you up? Let me say something. Boy, I'm about to stir up some. I'm going to stir up some hornets in here, Pastor Jason. Mike, get ready. (laughs) Oh, dear Lord. I'm kind of glad. A piece of me is kind of glad right now that we're facing what we're facing in our presidential place. Let me tell you why. I had no idea how much of the church was trusting in the president as their God. I had no idea. I had no idea how many people were looking to President Trump as their provider. I had no idea. I I told you, I'm going to stir something up now. Y'all love me next week. Y'all love me next week. But I said, the only thing that's going to make me worry, Pastor Antoine, if somebody says, you know, Jesus ain't on the throne no more. 
Now, I'm not trying to tell you <laughs> anyway. I'm just trying, I just wanted to lay that out there. Because what's happening right now is you're sitting there saying, oh, Lord, I got to call on God. I got to look to where my help really comes from. I got to call on God. Could that be the plan the whole time? Could that really be the plan the whole time? So as we look in our text today, we see that it's in this setting that God says, uh, Samuel, fill your horn with oil. Yeah, but God, we got this giant over here. Samuel, fill your horn with oil. Yeah, but God, don't you see what we're up against? Samuel, fill your horn with oil. God ain't asking what giant is standing in the way. He's asking who's willing to go fight the giant. He's asking who's willing to get anointed and do what he's calling you to do. So let me just, uh, as, as Deborah stated yesterday, uh, or, or Pastor Jason, somebody stated yesterday, you know, I just got to number things. <laughs> so number one. <laughs> These are, these are things that are resisting the church from rising up. Don't allow the lack of support to bring about discouragement and defeat. Don't allow the lack of support to bring about discouragement and defeat. One of the things you must understand is that when it comes to, when it comes to allowing God to raise you up in a challenging time, it is that people against you, are, the people that are against you are usually more than those who are not against you. God is not asking for how many people you can get together. God is asking who's willing to be anointed. Glory be to God. He told Gideon, he said, you got too many people. You got way too many people. Let me begin to take some of these people out. And the Bible says they get down to 300 and God said, now we got a good little place to start. You see, the Bible says that when David showed up, his brother started hating on him. In other words, the people that he thought was going to be with him were not with him. But it did not change what David was going to do. Church, can I talk to you just for a moment right now? You're looking around saying, are these people with me? Are these people with me? Well, why aren't these people with me? But can I tell you, God didn't promise you a multitude of people. God promised you a multitude of power. God promised you that he'll be with you in a dark season. He promised you to have the multitude of people. Glory be to God. His confidence, David's confidence in the Lord was mistaken for the pride in the flesh. 
but he did not allow that to stop him. He did not allow that to discourage him. He did not allow that to defeat him. Right now, church, you must not allow discouragement and defeat to cripple you. You must allow, listen, you must not allow the ridicule of others to cause you to give up. The only question you must ask is the same question David asked. Is there not a cause for me to rise up in this land right now? Is there not a cause for me to get full of the Holy Ghost? Is there not a cause to put the word of God in my mouth? Is there not a cause to go forward in what God is asking me to go forward in? Is there not a cause? Man, there's a cause. There's a cause for you to awaken from your sleep. There's there's a cause for you to get in your time of prayer and fasting. There is a cause, church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. In times like these, I want to just give you some instruction. In times like these, don't hate the people that don't, that, uh, that don't want to go with you. Don't grow cold with the people who won't rise up with you. If they knew to rise up, they'd already have risen up. But what about you, church? What about you? Are you willing to rise up? Hallelujah. I'm going to put it a little more clear today. Because, you know, you got to be clear today. If I'm, not, if I'm not careful, I'll be talking about rising up and we have a bunch of people outside with machine guns and stuff. I'm not talking... Let me be clear. Number two, verse 38 and verse 39. The Bible says that Saul clothed David with his armor and he put bronze on his uh, helmet on his head and he also clothed him with a coat of mail. And David fastened the sword to his armor and tried to walk for he could, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these. I have not tested them. So David took them off. Number two, don't allow anyone or anything to cause you to pick up the carnal armor. Don't allow anybody or anyone to cause you to go and pick up carnal armor. My God, the church has a lot of carnal armor, a lot of fleshly armor, and you ain't moving nothing because that is not your playground. That is not your battlefield. The Bible says your battlefield is against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and wicked hosts that are in heavenly places. And he said when you stand up in the authority of Jesus in the power of God and you begin to decree things and declare things in your battlefield, then all of heaven will come to your aid. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing that there was a battle to be fought? And the first thing they wanted to do was put the flesh on David. Let me arm you with carnal armor. With carnal thinking. With carnal emotions. Let me arm you with carnal ways of doing things. Man, Jesus didn't pay for us to live in a carnal way of thinking. In a carnal way of living. The 
The first thing they want to do to David when he says, I'll go down there and beat him. Here, let me arm you with some armor in the flesh. The question here is this that I want to bring to the church here and to the church of America. This is the question. If, that, if the carnal armor is so great, Saul, then why haven't you defeated the enemy with it? If it's so bad, if it's so strong, then why does it keep getting worse and not getting better? If I'm gaining ground through my Facebook account and not in prayer meetings, then why hasn't it gotten any better? If it's so strong, then why, haven't the, why hasn't the enemy been defeated yet? You can't beat him right there. He's called the prince of this air. God said, let me tell you something. He said, I, I have given you a power. I have given you an authority. I have given you an armor. He said, I have given you weapons. Everybody shout weapons. He said, but they're not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds and the casting down of arguments and everything that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. He said, I've given you this weapon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. David tells King Saul, he says, I can't use this armor because I ain't tested it. In other words, I know, I know that the, the armor of the flesh is, this is going to let me down. The armor, of, the armor of the flesh has not stood the ages of time and trials. Did you hear that? It has, not stood, it has not stood the test of time and trials. But the, but the very thing God has armed us with and the very thing God has put inside of us and the spirit that is placed inside of us is the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. It has stood the time of, of trials. It has stood the ages. It has stood everything that man could throw at it. Devils could throw at it. Time could throw at it. Economy could throw at it. And it is still standing strong and it's standing so strong that it that is still alive today that whoever the Bible says calls on the name of the Lord they shall be saved that's how strong it is that if you practice that your whole life can change it has stood the time stood the trials but number three I'm gonna and then I'm almost done don't don't allow a big voice to cause you to fall into big fear. Uh, I should have just preached on that one point. Don't allow a big voice to cause you to fall into big fear. One of the biggest tactics, one of the biggest strategies of the devil is to impart fear into your life. Fear has a way of paralyzing and crippling you. 
It has a way of causing you to stop what you're doing for God. It has a way of causing you to stop what you're doing for God. And listen, put your life in park. You want to know where 95% of the church is right now in America? In park. In park. I look around this auditorium and I'm not going to call people out because I wouldn't, I don't, they, it might would embarrass them. I don't think it would, but it probably, it, just in case, I don't want to do that. But I look around this auditorium, Pastor Jason, and what if we had put it in park? What if we would have allowed, what if we would have allowed fear to put this ministry in park? I'm looking at at least a hundred people that got at least now, probably way more than that, that at least a hundred people that God added to this ministry last year alone. They came in, found life. They traded death in for life and they've been made free by the power of God. What if we would have put it in park? What if we would have said, I, we can't, Lord, we, no, 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 we're, we're just going to, we're just going to throw it in park and, 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 and be paralyzed and crippled. What about the people that are experiencing God moving their lives in such amazing ways right now? Let me tell you how Satan imparts fear into your life. He does it through threats and intimidation. In other words, listen to this. His actions do not come first. His words do. Did you hear me, church? His actions never show up first. His deception always comes before his actions ever show up. The reason for this is because as a child of God, Satan can't touch you until he deceives you. Did you hear me? He can't touch you until he deceives you, until he gets you to believe a lie for your life. Otherwise, he, he just knows you're a child of God and he has no power over you. Hallelujah. That's the reason the apostle Peter told us in the Bible, he says that we're to be sober. We are to be vigilant for our adversary. The devil walks about, listen carefully, like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Everybody say like a roaring lion. He is not a roaring lion. He is like a lion. In other words, he can have a very big voice, but a real small bite. And it is his voice that is causing you to act like you've already been bitten. Ah. This is where the church is.
Glory be to God. Isn't it amazing that many believers are living in fear because of what the enemy said would happen? Not what has happened, what, they, what he said would happen. But I don't know about you. Push your neighbor and say, are you listening? I don't know about you, but if I'm going to build my life on what somebody says, I'm going to build it off of what God has to say. Oh, hallelujah. And God says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, I'll lift the standard against him. And God says in righteousness, I shall be established. I shall be far from oppression. I shall not fear and I shall, it shall not come near me. Somebody says, and God says, God says that I am a blessed man. I am a blessed man. I am a blessed man. And I walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor do I stand in the path of the sinner, nor do I sit in the seat of the scornful. But my delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law I meditate day and night. And I shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. I'll bring forth fruit in my season. My leaf shall not wither. And everything I put my hands to shall prosper. If I'm going to build my life off of what somebody says, it's going to be over what God says. If I'm going to, Pastor Antoine, if I'm going to plan my future off of a roar, it's going to be off of the roar of the Lion of Judah, not the fake roar of Satan. And the Bible says he will roar out of Zion, my God. He will roar out of Zion. Come on, stand up and give him praise in this place right now. Shout in this house. If I'm going to build my life off of a roar, it is the roar of the Lion of Judah. And the Lord will roar from, roar from Zion. Utter his voice from Jerusalem. The heavens and earth will shake. But watch this. He will be a shelter for his people and the strength for the children of Israel. Man, it's time to rise up. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. It's time to rise up. Not in the flesh, but in the spirit of the Lord, church. In the power of the Holy Ghost. To stand up when darkness tries to encompass and take this land to stand up and say, thus says the Lord, every place I place my feet, it shall be mine. It is the kingdom of God. Glory. That when the enemy comes in and tries to deceive you, that you look at the devil and say, this ain't your mind. But I have been given the mind of Christ. 
And I will not meditate on those things, but I'll meditate on the things that are just, the things that are true, the things that are lovely, the things that have virtue, the things that are praiseworthy. I will meditate on these in Jesus' name. enemy he's just like Goliath he sits across that valley and shouts why because ain't nobody showed up with a sling and a stone ain't nobody showed up and said hold on one second you were doing okay messing with them other people. But we are the people of the Most High God. And you were okay when you stayed in the affairs of the world, but when you put your name on the Most High God, and when you put your name against the kingdom, you didn't realize you are fighting a losing war because we don't come to you in a Republican name. We don't come to you, here we go, in a Democrat name. I don't come to you in an independent name, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of heaven's armies. And I promise you, we will have the victory in Jesus' name. I come to, I come at you in the name of the Lord. That's what we're rising up in. Hallelujah. That's what we're rising up in. Next week, we're going to continue to go further in this thing. But I just felt like the Holy Ghost had me coming in here today saying, you speak to the people of God. Because you're wondering, Lord, Lord, where's the rest of the body of Christ for me and I ain't listen I'm not telling you you're better than them I'm not telling you that God loves you more than them I'm not telling you any of that I'm just telling you don't you expect to have a big number with you God doesn't move in those big numbers God moves when he gets big glory hallelujah and he's looking to get glory right now he's looking to get glory that's what he wants in the, in the earth today so now it's time. It's time. It's time to throw off the weight and the sin that so easily besets you and holds you down. It's time to throw off all the all the complacency and the lukewarm living. It's time to throw off the half-hearted praise and the half-hearted worship. It's time to throw off the tired prayer lives and pick up the fire of the Holy Ghost and say, Lord, touch me once again. I am ready to run. I am ready to do something big. I'm ready to do something big in the earth today. And it doesn't matter if it's for five people, five million or five billion. God, I need to do something big for you in the earth today, Lord. I'm telling you, if you've got a heart like that, God's looking for you. Wait a minute. What, Pastor? I think you're wrong. I'm looking for nothing. God, God's looking for you. He's searching for you. can I give so much power to that they won't go out and exalt their own name they won't go out and exalt their own ministry 
and they won't go out and exalt, exalt some kind of uh, uh, political party but who can I give power to that'll come out and say if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side I wouldn't even be here today oh I feel the Holy Ghost if it had not been for God on my side not even be here so how can I ever compete for his glory oh hallelujah oh I feel the Lord can we just take 20 and 30 seconds lift our hands right now father in the name of Jesus even those of you watching lift your hands father in the name of Jesus I thank you for the anointing that is so powerful here I thank you Lord that people right now are throwing off stuff they're throwing off weights and they're throwing stuff that's been tripping them up and they're saying God if you can do anything with anybody do something with me today Lord here I am God I give you my heart I give you my life I give you my mind I give you my soul I give you my family I give you my talents I give you my treasure God if you can do anything do it in me today Lord I'm willing to change Pray you were blessed by today's message. For more content and to get to know us better, download our app at AbundantLifeChurch.com.